Good evening. Welcome to Milligan's Island. I'm your host, Seth Milligan. Uh, today, we are going to be uh, having the first episode of Milligan's Island. So today, we're going to be talking about how... Uh, well, we're just going to be talking about me a little bit. Uh, I'm nothing special. But we're going to be kind of talking about the podcast, what it's going to be about, what, can we, what we can expect. And um, I'm ready to get this thing rolling. Let's go, guys. All right, let's get this thing rolling. Uh, today, I really wanted to talk about kind of what this podcast is going to be about. Um, this podcast is going to be uh, a little bit eclectic. It's going to have several different things in it. Um, I, I do want it to first and foremost uh, be centered around Scripture, to be centered around the Christian faith. Uh, I am a Christian. Uh, I am a minister. Uh, I'm also a police officer. I'm also a cop. So, you know, those two things are a very big part of my life. So, you know, I, I don't think I could do a podcast without talking about those two things. But a lot of times people ask me, how in the world, a lot of people don't understand how I do uh, my job as a police officer while also uh, being a devout Christian Um that that's kind of shocking for some folks, and I can understand that to an extent. Um, but you know, there's there's so much in Scripture uh, that that really helps me. Uh, and this is this this is my thing, and, and this is something that if if you don't hear anything uh, in this podcast at all, I want you to remember remember this part, okay? That a Christian worldview, a a godly worldview is something that is of the most importance, um, especially doing this job. There's no way that I honestly don't know how in the world someone is a law enforcement officer without having, I don't know how they make it without having uh, the Christian worldview. I really don't understand how they make it. So what I want to do today is I want to kind of talk about that. And I want to use some scriptures uh, to explain kind of my stance and why I uh, am able to do what I do. And seeing all of this evil and all of the bad, horrible things that we have to see as cops, you know, how do we filter those things? How do we, uh, how do we go live our lives day to day and, and, and just filter those things uh, through? Uh, and, and I believe that having a godly worldview and a Christian worldview, uh, those things are filtered really well through the Christian worldview, uh, which I'm sure some atheists out there may be like, oh, I don't understand how that's you know filtered through a worldview when you believe in a God that is uh, that allows all this evil and uh, all of this heartache and sorrow. But we'll talk about that. And uh, so, uh, a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Seth. I live in a small town in Alabama. Um, I have been a cop for about five and a half years. Um, I, I've really enjoyed it. It's been it's been great. It's been fun. Uh, I've got to chase people. I've got to uh, you know be in vehicle pursuits and, and and all those things. And those were all great and fun. And uh, but the but the most uh, joy that I get from the job is to being able to interact with people, being able to see, um, being able to help people in their in their place. Uh, so that's really been a joy for me uh, in what I do. Uh, I love it. I think it's great, but all right. So let's get into some scriptures. Uh, enough about me. I don't. I don't matter. Uh, that's one thing you'll learn. Uh, listen to this podcast. It's about Jesus Christ. 
Uh, this whole life is about Jesus. Uh, everything that we do is wrapped up in, um, you know, Him, 100% uh, Him. Uh, we would be nothing without Him. We would not be able to breathe uh, today without Him. So, so let's talk about a little bit of the horrible things that we as cops see. Uh, there's so much crap out there, honestly. It really is. I mean, we people talk to us horribly like we are scum, like we are worthless. Um, we get talked to like that all the time. And also we have to see a lot of death. We have to see a lot of gore. We have to see a lot of evil. Um, how, how does this fit in to a Christian worldview? How, how does this work? What's the framework? What's the framework? Um, this is what I believe. I don't believe that there's anything out there that happens that, number one, takes God by surprise or that God does not have a purpose and a plan for. Um, we do not serve a God that sits up in heaven wringing his hands thinking, oh my goodness, how? what am I going to do now that this has happened? Uh, I hope I can turn this into good. God doesn't just, and this is something that I used to believe, I used to believe that these bad things that happen, that if we let God, he could turn it into something good. But that that's not really what Scripture teaches. Instead, Scripture teaches that God has ordained whatsoever comes to pass in such a way that we he don't violate our choices we make genuine choices and uh, i'll show you a really good example of this and i know this is this is very much theological and philosophical but he does it in such a way um that is beyond really our comprehension uh which there's several things that that uh, that we Christians believe that we have to lean on faith, we have to lean on Scripture, we have to lean on God and what He has said and what He has revealed in His Word. Um, but if this is one of the ones, like, I, my first thing that I always go back to, I always go back to Genesis chapter 50, when we look at what Joseph, uh, Joseph's brothers did to him. So, so Joseph, Joseph, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. Okay, that's a horrible thing, by the way. Sold him into slavery. Was like went back and told his father that he had been eaten um, by a wild animal. So we have years on down the road, we see that Joseph gets into it's almost it's basically like a vice presidential role uh, here, and um, so his brothers come to him, and they realize this is Joseph who we sold into slavery. Okay, this evil act that happened, okay? And and this is what Joseph tells his brothers. Joseph says in uh, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, he says, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Now, there's very, very specific word uses in this scripture. He says that you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. What is the it that it's talking about? It is talking about them selling him into slavery, this awful evil act. Now, I, wanna, I want to explain this. What the brothers did, what Joseph's brothers did was evil and sinful, and they are 
responsible for their sinful actions. However, God also intended and meant and ordained for that to happen, but God's intention was good and righteous and holy. So we have one thing that happens, namely Joseph being sold into slavery. God had a holy, righteous intents on this happening, and also the brothers had evil intentions on this happening. One action happened. It was sin for the brothers, but for God, it was holy and righteous, and Joseph even says that he did it to to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So there's so much of this happens in scripture and I could go to a few other places but we I don't really want to spend too much time on this but we God ordains everything that comes to pass I really believe this and and you say well what happens to our free will if God ordains everything what what happens to our free will okay what what, what do we do we not have free will of course we have free will we have volition we are able to choose and make choices joseph's brothers made the choice to sell him into slavery actually they they were going to initially kill him uh, but god actually restrained that evil he restrained it. God is constantly restraining the evil acts of men. If God ever took his hand off of the world for one second, it, people would be dying everywhere. There'd be so much more evil than we could ever imagine. But I do believe that God ordains whatsoever comes to pass. And, and here's the reason why. Namely, it's because of Scripture. And we'll go through some more Scriptures here in just a second. But when I see these things as a police officer, when I see people killing someone, when I see people... Um, you know, going through domestic violence, or uh, or we we see children in a home where they're not being taken care of. These are horrible things, and any person's heart is going to, um, any person's heart is going to actually ache towards that person or that child or that situation, and namely, you know, rightfully so, um, because that's kind of that's the heart that we have, and that's the heart that. Uh, Christ is put inside of us. But when we look at these things, they're horrible and they're evil and they're, they're, they're wretched and God hates these things. But I want to make a clarification here. Number one, every Orthodox Christian believes that God knows the future completely. He knows everything that is going to occur, everything that is going to happen. And I believe that God knows everything that's going to happen. He knows it. He don't simply know it because he just looked down the corridors of time and seen all the free will choices that every person would make. No, that's not why he knows it. He knows it because he's ordained everything in such a way that his purposes shall be fulfilled. When we look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, Ephesians 1.11 says, in him, we have, in him we have ordained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. He works all things according to the counsel of his will. Okay, so let's go back to the free will discussion here. So obviously, yes, we have free will, but we have to define what we mean by free will. Does it mean um, self-autonomy? No, it does not mean autonomy. 
We're not we're not self-lawed or self-ruled. Um, we we make decisions, but our decisions are are based off of our nature. Now, for example, if you take a buzzard that's flying around a cornfield, okay, and it can only go in this cornfield, right? It's flying around the cornfield. It's flying around the cornfield. If this buzzard doesn't have any dead flesh to eat, it will never come down and eat the corn. Does it have the ability to eat the corn? Can it physically go down and start eating the corn? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It does. But will it ever do that? No. And why is that? Because it is not in it in of its nature. It, it will not do this. It will never eat the corn because it's not in its nature. So in the same way, that's the way we are. We make choices based off of our nature. Okay? That... Another good example, I would love to fly, okay? I would love to just jump off of a building and go soaring through the air and just fly. That'd be pretty stinking cool, right? However, it's not in my nature to do that, right? So I will never go fly. Never. I don't have the ability to do that. I can't do that. So we make choices. We make decisions all the time. But these decisions are made based off of our nature, so we have a free will in the sense of we make decisions. We do what we want to do. We do what we desire the most to do. So, but but here's the thing. Our will has been taken captive by sin. When we, when we talk about the doctrine of total depravity, we talk about not that we're as bad as we possibly could be. It's not ultimate depravity, but basically that sin, the fall of Adam, sin has affected every piece of our being. Our mind, soul, will, flesh, everything has been affected by sin. So when we look, God doesn't violate those, those wills. He, 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 he already has ordained whatsoever comes to pass, yes. Do we make decisions? Yes. How do those things come together? How does the sovereignty of God and the and the, the the will of men, how does that work together? I don't know. I don't know. Nobody really truly does. Um, I believe in uh, something that's called compatibilism. I do believe that those two truths are compatible together. Um, I do not believe that man's free will overrides God's will. I don't think that at all. I think that God's sovereignty and and man's will go together. Okay, uh, do I believe that there are times that God's sovereignty over will overruns our will? Yes, yes, yeah, I absolutely do. And I think there's 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 examples of this in Scripture. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. God opened Lydia's heart. The, these things God did on His own, right? So. When we see all these bad things as cops, um, there's got to be a filter in which we, uh, which we really understand these things. And, and I refuse, based off of Scripture and what I have read in Scripture, I refuse to believe that we serve a God that sits in heaven and just, oh my goodness, all these things are happening and there's just nothing he could do about it. Boy, he wishes they could be different. That is not the God of Scripture. The God of Scripture is in control. And I heard people say all the time, God is in control. But a lot of them don't really truly mean that, unfortunately. Uh, another verse in Isaiah 
Uh, in Isaiah, when you look at Isaiah 46, there, there, I, I want to read. Um, I want to read a little bit of verses here in Isaiah 46. Starting in verse 8, it says, Remember this and stand firm. Recall to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things yet done, not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. So so God, let's keep going here in verse 11. It says, Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken, and it, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. God is not mixing words here. He, it, it, this is 100% sovereignty in these verses. He says de, in verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all of my purposes. God will accomplish his plan and purposes. It, we, we, are, we will never thwart the plan of God our will will never thwart the plan of God. I can't say that any more emphatically. And and when I see all these things in my job, when I go to work, and I see all this evil, and I see all this pain and all this suffering, I look at these things and, and, I, and I grieve with those who grieve. And, and I mourn with those who mourn. But one thing is my soul and my belief is rooted and grounded in the fact and in the belief from Scripture that God is sovereign and that God, God is working out a plan. And when we look at, uh, when we look at Genesis um, chapter 18, you see Abraham praying for Sodom. We all know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, how God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, we see Abraham in, in, in verse in chapter 18 talking or praying for Sodom, and he prays for them. And, and in, the, in the end of the prayer, Abraham says, Surely the God, the judge of all the earth, shall do what is just. And I, we should lean on that, that surely... The Lord and the judge of the whole earth shall do what is just. And that is a fact, brothers and sisters. That is a fact that when God has things and allows things to happen, that he is just and holy and righteous in allowing these things to happen. Now, from our perspective and our point of view, these things may look so horrible and so wretched and so detestable. And the sin God hates. When we think about it, does God ordain sin? Let's ask that question. Does God ordain sin? Some may say, absolutely not. God would never ordain sin. So let's, let's, let's think about this. Because I, I really want to, I'm going to turn, and if you hear my pages, I apologize. Um, but I'm going to turn to the book of Acts for a second. And, and I want to read you something because I, I, I certainly think that that we need to talk about it, and I think it's a I think it's a scripture that a lot of people tend tend to overlook, um, but I, I want to look at this in Acts chapter four. I want you to listen to this. Acts chapter four, 
verses 27. I'll start in verse 27 and, and, and read on from there. It's this is, this is I want you to listen to this. So it says, For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you appointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan, your plan had predestined to take place. So what he is talking about here, and this is what, what what he is talking about here, is that God planned for the crucifixion of Jesus. No, yeah, he absolutely did. He planned for the crucifixion of Jesus. Okay. This was God's plan. And he says, he even goes on, he says, Whom you appointed, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, along with the, the Gentiles and the people of Israel, all of these things, all of these people who are, who are crying out, crucify him. All of the decisions that Herod and Pontius Pilate made, all, all of, all of the, the cowardice, all of the sins that led Jesus ultimately to that cross were ordained by God. We have to have a category in our mind that says God can ordain sin without himself being sinful. Now, and, and you may ultimately be thinking, well, how can, or, how can God ordain these things and then turn around and punish these people for doing the sins that he ordained? How, how is that possible? How, how, how can he do that? And, and that's it's a great question, and I think that question has been asked down from centuries to centuries through Christian the, um, through church history. Uh, that question has been passed down and asked, and, 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 and this is my response to that question. Okay? When we make decisions to sin, what Herod and Pontius Pilate and the, the, and the Jews and the Gentiles, what they did here when they sinned, they made the decision to sin. Okay. Did God ordain it? Yes. Yes, he did. Before the foundation of the world, God ordained this to happen in the ways that it happened. Okay. But, however, every person that made the decision to sin, okay, you're responsible for your decisions to sin. They, they, they wasn't robots. They're not um, a puppet. They made true, honest decisions. And just like I'm making true, honest decisions now, uh, to, to say what I'm saying and to uh, to do this podcast, everything I'm making decisions. However, I'm I'm not arrogant to say that I am separate from God and that I can thwart His will because I can't. I can't. And this is why this is why the foundation that I'm on uh, truly holds up. Um, this this whole foundation that that God. I've heard this said so many times, and every time I hear it, I, I kind of cringe a little bit. Oh, God had nothing to do with that. Something bad happened. God had nothing to do with that. That is not a comforting statement. It is not a comforting statement at all. To say that God had nothing to do with something is to say that something out there, an event, a person, uh, something is is outside of the control of God, which means it could just run rampant. And if God had not ordained everything that comes to pass, I want you to think about this. When God created, okay, when God made everything, okay, when God started to create and created everything that he created, did God 
look down the corridors at time and say, oh, thank goodness, we win. Thank goodness, they actually nailed Jesus to the cross. And people, hey, people actually believed in Jesus. That's a good thing. Because when you think about it, is it possible that no one could believe in Jesus? Is it possible that Pontius Pilate would have been like, I'm not going to crucify him? Is it possible that Jesus would have never been crucified and that no one would have ever believed in Jesus? Is that possible because of the free will choices of men? No, absolutely not. God had this whole story, this whole thing planned from the very beginning. And But why, you may ask, why did God ordain whatsoever comes to pass? Why did he do this? And here's the reason. Okay, Why did God make man? Let's ask it like that. Why did God make man? And I hear people all the time, well, to, say, to, to have fellowship with us. Well, I would say that's a secondary reason why he made man. But ultimately, the main reason why God created man, why God created everything, is ultimately for his glory. That is why God created. God created for his glory. Okay? All the things that were created, God created these things to glorify Him and to magnify Him. And you may say, that seems arrogant. Well, it's not coming from a sinful place. Like, if I would have done everything, if I do everything for me, and I don't think about nobody else, that's arrogance because it's coming from sin and selfishness. But when God does it, when God, the one that is perfect, when God does these things, he isn't selfish and sinful. It's good that God is for God. Because that means he's going to take care of us. Okay? When you, when you, when you go and you look at, at, at Psalm, Psalms 26, I believe, if I remember correctly. Matter of fact, I'm going to actually turn there because I don't want to try to quote it. I'm not the best at quoting scripture. People's like, oh, well, you're a minister. You, sh you should know how to quote everything. Well, that's that's not necessarily true. Um I don't, I don't have a very good memory. I have three small girls, and I'm telling you right now, if it wasn't for uh, my cell phone and having notes and stuff like that, I wouldn't be anywhere. Like I, I would definitely be, um, I would, uh, yeah, <laughs> I would be lost without the, uh, the, uh, the thing. Um, and, and my apologies, it's actually um, Psalm 23. I don't know what I was thinking, not Psalm 26. It's so Psalm 23. Okay. I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to this. And if anybody's heard Matt Chandler's sermon on this, uh, Matt Chandler actually went and preached at um, the Code Orange Revival at Elevation Church, um, Stephen Furtick's church, which I don't particularly care for him. Um, that's a totally different episode we could talk about. But um, listen to this. He preached on this, and he made this point, and this is such a great point. I want you to listen to this. And everybody... Pretty much every Christian that's grown up in church knows these verses. But I want you to listen to Psalms 23. Listen to this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. I want you to listen to all the things that he said. It's all about he does this for me, he does this for me, he does this for me. But why does he do all of these things for me? Right? Why does he do all these things for me? I want you to look at the very end of verse 3. For his namesake. 
He does all of this stuff for his namesake, for the glory of his own name. That's why he does these things. And it's a good thing that God is for God. Because if God is for God, then that means he's also going to be for us. Okay? He's also going to be for us. And when you continue to read, you see how much God loves us, how much God has, has shed his grace and his mercy on us. And I was just talking to a brother yesterday about the difference between grace and mercy. A lot of people don't understand. Grace is God giving us something that we don't deserve. And mercy is God not giving us something that we do deserve, namely punishment or uh, you know, horrible circumstances because of things that we've done. Uh, God sometimes has mercy on us and does not punish us the way that he should punish us. I want you to think about it. Every person on this earth, all the billions of people on this earth, okay, he woke up this morning. He made sure that they woke up. He makes sure that they have food. Make sure they have a roof over their head. And the vast majority do not believe in him. The vast majority curse his name. But yet God in his common grace makes sure that they have the things that they need to live. I tell you what, that is goodness. That is goodness. That is absolute goodness. And when I, kind of wrapping this up here, when I think about everything that we have to go through as police officers, because I'm, I, I really want to talk to the police officers right here. When we think about all the things that we see, all the things that we do, some things we have to do are tough. Uh, sometimes we have to f physically restrain people. Sometimes we have to fight people. Sometimes we have to, um, you know, we have to do things that are really hard. Um... But at the end of the day, if we are anchored, if we are anchored in God and who he is, we are anchored in the sovereignty of God, we are anchored in the goodness of God, and we are anchored in the fact, in the statement, that surely the judge of all the earth will do what is right, will do what is just. If we believe that, then we can rest in those things. Even though some of the things we have to do is hard, even though some of the things we see is really hard, we can rest in all of these things. Um, and again, I, I know that, I don't, I, and this is, I want to make sure that this is a platform where people can disagree, okay? I, I am, I do not expect everyone to perfectly agree with everything that I say. Uh, I'm not perfect. I can make mistakes just like anybody else. So, theologically speaking, yeah, I, I, I'm considered technically a Calvinist. Uh, that scary word, but um, but at the end of the day, I, I don't care about a title. What I care about is God. What I care about is is living my life to glorify the One that created me and saved me. And that should be every single person, whether whether you're Baptist or Methodist or Church of Christ or uh, non-denominational, which. Uh, which, as Tim Hawkins says, you're nothing but a Baptist with a cool website. That's all you are, a Baptist with a cool website. Yeah. But, um, uh, but yeah, I really want you guys to think about some of the things that I said today. Um, you know, we're going to be doing a lot more when it comes to these podcast episodes. I'm going to be having some guests on. We're going to be talking about some police work things. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, 
we're going to be talking about a number of things, and I'm going to have guests on as soon as I figure out how to do some of the technical things and get those lined up. What I don't want is uh, to try to do an episode, and it absolutely sucked. So, <laughs> so um, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Uh, please go on. Uh, like this podcast, get, rate the podcast five stars, uh, make some comments. Please continue to follow me. This is my first episode. Uh, I really need your guys' help uh, to push forward uh, the podcast, to really get the podcast out there. Um, uh, let's do this all for the glory of God. Uh, let's do all of this, and let's just let's have some fun while we do it too. Thank you guys so much for listening to Milligan's Island. I hope you guys come back and listen again. Uh, like I said, I, I really want you guys to go and subscribe, uh, leave a comment, leave a like on there for me. Uh, you can find Milligan's Island at all of your popular podcast areas. Uh, again, come back for more. Lord willing, we'll be back next week. Hope you guys have a phenomenal weekend. And all to the glory of our Savior. <laughs>